Welcome to another session of Doc Bites, podcast to empower you with information from specialists in medical auditing, billing, coding, compliance, and documentation. Now, here's the host of Doc Bites, Sharon Easterling. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to our Doc Bites podcast. I'm so glad to be back with you. It's been a while since we've spoken. So I'm here, I have a great guest that's going to be talking to you about health information and what her journey has been like throughout her career. So we have Chris McCall with us today. Hi, Chris. Hello, Sharon. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. So let me tell you all a little bit about Chris. So Chris McCall, I met Chris some years back. And Chris is an avid volunteer um, within her state for health information. And she is also the incoming president of the North Carolina Health Information Management Association. But not only that, you know, Chris has a very interesting career. You know, she has a skilled background in data analytics. She works with business process improvement. She's involved in change management and HIPAA. She has also been involved in John Maxwell. Chris is a certified John Maxwell coach, but what I think is really interesting is Chris is a real estate broker. I think that is phenomenal, and we're going to start and just let Chris say hi to everyone and, you know, just start telling us a little bit about herself. Well, first of all, Sharon, I would like to say, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning myself a little bit to think how many hours is in one day. I think it's still 24 hours. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, gosh, when you're reading everything um, about me. So uh, very interesting, but uh, great to be here with you uh, today to chat about health information for certain and uh, my career and my journey so far. But I'm, I'm just glad to be here. And thank you. It's such an honor for you even asking me to participate. So, thank Oh, you. gosh, Chris, it's, it's just an honor for you to agree to participate. You know, I know you have a, a busy career and a busy day life, but then you're also involved in all these other activities. So we are so pleased to have you today. So, Chris, we're going to get started by you telling us a little bit more about your health information career, you know, how did you become involved in health information, um, and basically how you got started. Awesome. Um, surprisingly, you know, I've been in the industry for 19 years, just over 19 years. I can't believe I'm saying that myself. <laughs> I'm flies, doesn't it, Chris? Flies. <laughs> um, if you're not intentional about it. But anyway, so I started, you know, I went to undergrad at East Carolina University. So I got my bachelor's degree in health information there. And yes. it was a phenomenal program uh, there that I'm glad is still um, alive and, and growing in the state of North Carolina and with this online presence as well. So after that, I really, you know, started out with a great foundation. Um, with the wonderful leader uh, who was my mentor at the time, um, Sandy Allender, and is still a friend to this day. And it, I, I call my first job boot camp. I mean, because there I really, it was a lot to learn. Yeah. Leaving 
practical, thinking about theory of everything and how things should work in the industry versus the reality of seeing how things really work in the industry, right? Um, so that's been wonderful. And from, from there, I've been graced enough to, to see my career evolve, uh, test out some things from being a manager over coding and transcription, um, which I, I did not see coming at all. But thankfully, that leader saw enough in me to say, hey, I need a leader, right? I don't really need anyone who codes or transcribes. We have that. I need someone with leadership capability and trusted me in that role. And then from there, I went on to be another manager at a different facility and privacy officer. So that's where I got my chips and I saw the value in, in getting the CHPS credential and, and then rolled on from there. And now I'm at a, an organization where I've had a few different positions um, there. And so I've been able to grow. My team has grown. My scope is enlarged. And so I'm always learning and now just diving more into um some of the information, you know, governance and keeping up with information and managing information, whether it's legacy and let's say offsite storage or electronic. So always evolving, always learning. That's an important thing to do. So, yeah. Absolutely, Chris. You know, you said some magic words there, words that I love, always evolving and always learning. Uh, that is critical, especially within this career, right? If things are changing overnight. In a matter of minutes, you know, things are changing very quickly. Uh, but something interesting I want to say, so you have your um, certification in privacy and security, um, and I've heard that certification can be very difficult to get. So I commend you for that. Uh, and I guess you're constantly using that skill set throughout your day. I am. And, and more now that things are, are blossoming and coming to fruition around, you know, information blocking, um, not necessarily dealing with what we're used to historically with release of information from an on-site HIM perspective. But mm -hmm. when you start thinking about behind the scenes and what's happening behind the scenes and how our documentation and, and record is being accessed, even with, without somebody being in front of us. So they may be um, having access to our portal or through a link or anything of that nature or the HIE. So it's just important to try to make sure you can understand what all that means mm -hmm. and, and, and have an awareness of what's happened regula regulatory wise and et cetera. So I, I, I really believe in, in reading the journals and, um, and being invo involved in, in, in looking for things online to have a better understanding and awareness of what was happening. Yeah, Chris, you just mentioned some other podcasts we need to probably have you back for talking about information broccoli and access to health information. So thank you for adding those little nuggets. We'll have to have you back to talk about that. So what about other professionals, uh, Chris? You know, we know folks out there, they talk about, you know, how do I get into this? How do I get into this job? Um, you know, you talked about navigating your path, right, and some others kind of taking you under their wing, and then how you expanded your role and became more of a leader within the industry. How can others do that same thing? Wow. Um, one of the things I would like to, to, to mention about that is, is always challenge yourself to be open to learning and trying something new is very important and showing that and allowing others to see that. Um, I, 
one of the things we know is important, Sharon, right, is lifelong learning and always looking for ways to, to grow and evolve. Part of that is what mm. you known, right? So if you have an interest in something, if you're at an organization, mention it to your leader, you know, that that's the opportunity you have right then and there is to go ahead and make your request known and you have an interest in learning, you know, more about information governance or data governance or privacy, whatever that looks like, especially that's in your leader's pur purview um, and see if you can now be a part of that and do some work alongs or attend some of those meetings and calls just to have more awareness and grow in those areas, right? So making yourself, making it known and then yes. also networking to Sharon, right? We know like you mentioned, we've known each other for quite a long time. I can't even remember how far back it is, um, but probably almost the 19 years. <laughs> probably, Chris, probably. <laughs> but networking comes along with that a lot too, right? It's just understanding those other professionals that are around you, what they do, and leaning into and tapping into their knowledge and capabilities and, and asking them, hey, you know, can I ask you a little bit about what you do? I have an interest in that and to see what they say. You never know until you ask. Oh, very vital. You never know until you ask. And asking those questions. You know, sometimes when you're in exchanging with others and you're talking and you're asking those questions, it makes folks sometimes have a high, heightened interest in you. Oh, wow, did you hear that question she asked? Or, you know, so they can lead to other avenues that can help, you know, develop your career and take you, you know, to another path or a stronger path. So Chris, I like to call them wise tips because I know when I started out, you know, I think back to when I started my career. And I know uh, there are probably a few things that I wish I would have been told. Now, the great thing is I did have some great mentors, right? So they, they did tell me things. Um, but a lot of things I just kind of learned on my own along the way. So what are some wise tips that you think could be beneficial to others to help them through their career path? Wow. Um, I would certainly say one is being number one is self-awareness. So huge understanding your right, understanding your strengths, you know, understanding opportunities, things you're not so that, that you don't do so well, but not to punish yourself per se or um, minimize yourself in those areas, but certainly just to have an awareness of those things. So when you are when you know what your strengths are leverage your strengths more but in order for you to leverage your strengths more you have to know what they are so I would say self-awareness was is the main thing for me and really understanding and growing in human skills so a lot of a term we used to use was soft skills right so it's really navigating yeah. getting to know and dealing with people and especially for anyone who um it's, you know, my, my lens is a lot through leadership. So I've been in, a, you know, leadership for the whole 19 years. And so I've had to really learn more about dealing with people who I am and how that translates to my team and how I deal with people and how they perceive, perceive me and see me. So having an awareness of that has been instrumental for my growth and development over the years and just how I can evolve as a leader as well. But as we know, 
we're you know online a lot more we're doing a lot more virtual so those human skills are necessary for communication and having good customer service and just dealing with others and 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 achieving our goals and the standards and, and achieving the mission and the strategy for any organization that we work for absolutely chris you know i talked to i'm sure many of you out there in uh, dot bites land have heard me talk about seeing yourself I talk to my kids a lot about that, and that has to do a lot with self-awareness. Uh, in fact, even my last podcast, I talked a little bit about self-awareness. So I'm glad you brought that up because being able to see yourself can really help you navigate how you interact with others and how you move forward to build those very strong relationships. Uh, and, and it helps build successful teams. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. So, you know, Chris, growing as a leader, you know, and you just alluded to that, it's ongoing. In fact, you know how important that is. You know, you went on and got another certification to help yourself and other leaders. Um, so what are some good ways to grow as a leader? And, um, you know, who has helped you. I know you mentioned Sandy and I do know Sandy a few minutes ago, but um, give us some some insight into that. Certainly. I would say one of the things that I've had to do more and be intentional about sharing is reading. Um, And I would say just being able to set a goal for yourself and with the amount of books that you can read per year, be realistic, um, especially depending on what your job is, if you already do a lot of reading and that sort of thing. But to certainly make sure you read. So I try to read at least um, five books a year. And some of them I reread just because they were so good. And I feel like I can pull some, some, remind myself of what some of those key points are. So reading and that leads into lifelong learning. Always be willing to learn and and delve into things a little bit more, whether that's you about yourself personally, or whether that's about um, aspects of your role and your scope, duties and responsibilities or just your overall profession in general, or just whatever your industry is. If it's healthcare, just being able to be open to always learning more. Um, Don't put a barrier between where you are today and your knowledge, you know, because things are always growing and changing in our world, um, especially in in the healthcare arena. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Chris. And and reading is, is vital. You know, seeing others' perspectives on things, um, getting that ongoing knowledge, especially now with, with the way times are changing and uh, within our industry of health information, for sure, we're being impacted um, by so many different areas, right? It's not just one. Uh, I feel like it's in every direction. Uh, things are changing and impacting us. So that reading and continued growth is vital. Yeah, so with health information changing every day, Chris, and the impact of automation, you know, we got AI, um, you know, how do we adapt to this? What are some things that you're seeing or doing besides, you know, your reading? I know you mentioned that that's helping you a lot in your growth, but what are, what are some of those things you think that can help us navigate? You know, I don't want to get the virtual tomatoes thrown at me or anything like that. <laughs> but 
I would say I don't it's not really traditional going back to school so going back to school educating ourselves so not necessarily signing up for a four-year degree a master's or doctorate but they may help you depending on your goal but there are all sorts of certifications or things that we can tap in and grow our knowledge a little bit more. So for example, if, if I feel a little uncomfortable with the conversation and exposure that I have for, with data analytics, let's say, it is my responsibility if I see that this is where my industry is going. And one of the, way, one of the ways I see my in, industry is growing to figure out how can I learn more about data analytics? So sometimes mm. that's through our organization, but more than likely it's not, right? So True. this then goes into how we continue to grow as professionals as well is personal and professional development. If you see a gap in your own knowledge base or area you have interest in, maybe you just don't have as much exposure as you would like in your, in your day-to-day job and the opportunity isn't there, but the industry is going that way look for ways to get to grow your knowledge in that area. Sometimes that's an official certification. Other times it may just be a course here and there um, at a local community college or online. You know, a lot of people have, we have virtual opportunities that are offered to us as our, you know, HIM professionals as well. So I would say certainly those things, Sharon, should be taken in consideration. Absolutely, Chris. You know, that um, professional development Um, You know, I talk a lot about that, especially with things changing. I talk about upskills and upskilling yourself. Um, And and one of the things, uh, a platform I had, Ignite Health Information, um, because, you know, we do have an avenue um, that's growing and we have to take it upon ourselves to grow ourselves so we can fit into those places. And I also like what you talked about with, well, you don't necessarily have to go back to school. It would be great if you did, right? But Chris, you and I know we don't want to go back through another master's program necessarily. Um, But there are different avenues of short courses that you can take out there, you know, little micro courses. I'm coming up with some petite courses, things that are short and can help you strengthen your skill set. So I really appreciate you talking about that. Uh, So what are some things out there, Chris, that you've heard about that are on your radar and maybe need to be on ours? Oh, wow. I would certainly say continue to lean in and learn more about data analytics. That's going to be growing um, in our in our industry more. And while we have informatics from a healthcare perspective, what does what does data analytics really mean to what we consider a traditional quote unquote health information department? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now today, we let's say we're doing a lot of you know some scanning, even though we may have an EMR. We have to. We still have back-end scanning, but what is that information telling us about it? Are we? Do we know how to at least trend our data? Do we really know how to um, see where our quality is? What are we doing from quality indicators from how we do our work in production, right? And if we get the reports, if we get the information, do we understand it? Is it digestible? And can we tell the story to someone else? To you know, our vice president, our senior vice president, and help them understand how we're performing in our department. And maybe why, you know, we should have the scanning for the whole enterprise instead of just 
one pocket of the, you know, of the organization. So being, that's just one example um, from an HIM perspective of data analytics. It's this everyday, day-to-day operations, right? That I don't think we take enough of, have enough understanding of the importance of being able to do that. And then that same data feeds us for, you know, things like we know, staffing models um, and, and things like that, or maybe call saves or things that we have put in place that save money. How can we prove that? That sort of thing, um, Sharon, that builds that trust factor and that rapport and our value in the organization. Oh, Chris, I love that. You know, taking that data and you know, looking at it and helping others make decisions, you know, giving feedback, not necessarily just collecting the data, um, but also looking at it and making some interpretation of that data or providing feedback of what you see in the data, because we are people that have worked with data a long time, right? We have, you know, from from coding to looking at, you know, who's releasing our records or who we're releasing to, who's getting the information, taking that data and scrubbing it and being able to provide meaningful feedback. Uh, So I love that. And, And that can get us a step further. So Chris, I think we're about at the end of our interview, but I would love to know what are some of your closing thoughts on health information and some of the current and future impact that you see for us. Honestly, I Sharon, I do not see that we will be exempt from automation. Mm. Um, we that's kind of a scary term <laughs> sometimes for people in our industry. Sometimes we think it's further away than it really is. Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to see that automation could be happening on um, maybe the coding billing side or CAC or anything like that from the uh, of that perspective and other you know back end revenue cycle perspective as well. But I will say that anything that could be taken, it, it could be even in release of information up to a certain point, depending on how the request is entered or the information is entered into the system. You know, mm-hmm. is it readable, is it legible, is it, how is it entered into the system? So AI could certainly be in portions of that as well. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's one thing that we really, really need to be prepared for and, and learn how to focus ourselves from a quality perspective, understand mm-hmm. what we're doing, what HIM principal foundation are, what we're doing, but how do we improve the quality, the integrity and the governance of it? is going to be mm-hmm. a, a high value um, in the future of really understanding what's happening in the background, wrap our hands and heads around that and be comfortable with doing that. Mm-hmm. I find that, you know, and I feel historically we are uncomfortable um, yes. with electronic things or technology. And so that's why we went to be in health information uh, because it was paper-based. Mm-hmm. We are long from that, and, and we have some work to do as an industry, as professionals, to, to upskill ourselves, as you would say, uh, to be there and get more comfortable with being in the technology space and not be afraid to use it and to understand what it can do for us to add efficiency um, to ourselves and on our teams. Absolutely, Chris. Um, I love, you know, I'm loving everything you're saying today. And it makes me think of, um, you know, we need to embrace change, right? Um, Some change is inevitable. Mm -hmm. And so instead of avoiding it, um, 
you know, looking the other way, how can you get involved and improve the case for change? Uh, so that's what I'm hearing and, and that's what I'm feeling. You know, we need to get in there because we have positive impact. So Chris McCall, I want to say thank you for joining us today. It has been great having you. Do you have any final remarks? Just thank you. This is the amazing thing that you're doing, Sharon. Thank you for inviting me to, to participate in your Doc Bites podcast today. I certainly appreciate it and look forward to us being able to um, share some ideas again in the future and work together in another capacity. So I appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Quiz, for joining us today. We certainly appreciate it. Doc Bites. Thank you guys for joining us today and listening to Chris. I really appreciate you. And we will be back for another podcast real soon. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Doc Bites.